to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> <laughs> JB, you start sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason... The word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. And he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. There's something happening with men in the ass. It really is. Welcome to the Adam Sank Show. Hashtag S. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you're listening on Saturday, March 23rd at 11 a.m., uh, leave me your ratings and reviews on iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com and like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Please donate to my AIDS walk, too. You can get to my AIDS walk page by going to adamsank.com. It's right at the top. There's a link. I appreciate every donation. It goes to people living with HIV AIDS who are also struggling with things like homelessness, hunger, drug dependency, and so forth. Um, really vulnerable communities are, are served by GMHC, uh, which is the organization for which AIDS Walk New York raises money. That was a difficult sentence syntactically, grammatically, but I think I made it through. Ladies and gentlemen, we have another amazing show for you today. Oh, before that, I need to remind everyone that if you want to listen to the live show or if you want to hear the episode the day that it airs, you need to subscribe to the show through dnrstudios.com. Once you're at dnrstudios.com, go to the Adam Sank Show page, hit subscribe. It is only $6.95 a month. That is a pittance. That is paltry. That is puny. That is parsimonious. And a lot of other P words. Um, and not only do you get the Adam Sank Show, you get tons of other LGBTQ podcasts that you will love. You'll get uh, Anxiety. Uh, I Love My Wife. I Love My Wife with Kelly you Carpenter know what and Ann Steele. With Ashlyn. Hello, Susano. JB. Hi, just helping you out here. Yes, no, I appreciate it. You'll get Derek and Romaine, for God's sake, which is the the granddaddy of them all. They're the ones that started us. The Taylor Strecker Show. All You But Nice with Rob Shooter, Happy Campers with Matthew Camp. Yeah, we're doing a lot. So, um, again, you can still listen to this for free, but you have to wait a week to hear each episode. And who wants to do that, right? Um, More about this on the Adam Sank Facebook page and at adamsank.com. Ladies and gentlemen, and in-betweens, our guest today is my hilarious and adorable redheaded friend Ken Kleiber of That's Entertainment. Ken will be doing a Broadway season preview. There's all these new musicals and plays coming to Broadway, and he's going to tell us which ones uh, are worth your $150 or however much tickets cost nowadays. Um, but joining us one more time, she was here two weeks ago. Oh, no, JB just pre-came. He just pre-ejaculated the applause. Uh, she was here two weeks ago. She's back again. Everyone's second favorite lesbian, comedian Joanne Filan. I'm so excited to be here again, and I'm going to use that as my intro every time I do a show. Everybody's second favorite comedian. Second favorite lesbian. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Second favorite lesbian. I'm second favorite everything. I'm just... Uh. So uh, but no. well, but I'm always <laughs> thrilled to have you sitting across I am from me. Always excited to be here. This is so much fun. I don't know if we have any lesbian listeners at this point, but if we do, I would be. Su- no, I was going to say I'd be surprised. I think Kidney Carey listens. Oh, who's Kidney? Carey? She is a longtime Derek and Romaine listener who oh. um, had to have a kidney transplant years ago, and her perfect match donor was another Derek and Romaine listener. Derek and Romaine actually. Wow are responsible for her being alive. That is amazing. And he was a gay, he is a gay man, and so uh, Carrie refers to it as her gay male kidney. Oh, nice. She's, she's always like, my gay male kidney thinks you're really hot. <laughs> my gay male kidney. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the, probably the most amazing thing that's ever happened on the Derek and Romaine show that's is awesome. that they, they saved her life by finding another listener who was a perfect match. I've um, never heard that story. Beautiful. It's an incredible wow. story. Wow. 
Yeah, and I've it's met amazing. her. She was on the DNR cruise that I went on, and she's she's really a lovely person. So That's hello, nice. Carrie, if you're listening, we have your Yay. lesbian co-host. Uh, yeah, yeah. Again. Um, and speaking of lesbianism, uh, lesbianism. Joanne, I know from past uh, conversations with you that you are not a gold star lesbian, no. and you hate that term. I do. You have been with men. The question I'm asking you is: Has a man ever given you an orgasm? Um, I'm going to go with, uh, not really, no, um, not so much, no, uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to have, uh, the results of a survey for you that are going to blow your lesbian mind. Well, a recently published survey of 52,000 adults, that is a long survey, finds that lesbians give women more orgasms than men do. Shocking. Shocking. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Who would who would have thought? When Affen, when, when asked how often they orgasmed while getting sexually intimate in the past <laughs> month, 95% of straight male participants Sorry. said they usually or always got there, but only 65% of straight <laughs> women could say the same. Sad. I feel bad for straight women. I do. But of lesbian participants... Mm -hmm. 86% reported usually or always having an orgasm during sexual activities. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Joanne, I'm so glad you let us record you. I'm, yeah, well, I was having your, a good day. With your wife last night. <laughs> yeah. Gay and bisexual men clocked in at 89 and 88% compared to 66% of bisexual women. God, I can't wait for this survey to end. <laughs> The breakdown indicates that female genitals are not to blame for the orgasm gap. It's just that men don't know what the fuck they're doing yes, with the vagina. Yes, exactly. Is this turning you on at all? No. And, uh, no. Do you hate it? It's creeping me out, to be honest with you. <laughs> I scoured YouTube to find the best female orgasm that I could find, and I'm pretty happy with that one. I mean, I'm actually yeah. pretty happy with this one, too. Like, yeah, well, I've scoured you guys would for be orgasm with sounds in general, and this is the um, best one I've heard. I, yeah. You know, we almost never do... Um, stories about lesbians or women having sex period on this show <laughs> but now that we have this sound effect i think we need to add it to the ipad and yeah. i want to use it every week absolutely <laughs> i will come in and have sex every week if you'd like me to i would love that but i don't believe it because you're I so you're, you're so right. shy and demure <laughs> i will not probably me and my dense breasts see when i hear like a guy <laughs> having sex if i that audio will actually kind of turn me on but that doesn't turn you on at all uh, well you know what it is uh in a way but then it just kind of goes on for way too long. And then I'm kind of like, all right. Uh, did know. she sound real to you or did she sound like borderline? Like but yeah, then it gets a little bit. No, because you know what? I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like that whole thing like, oh, I can tell when you're faking or I could tell if you're, you know, I think that happens more with women and men together. Like, cause, uh, I don't know. I fake you all fake? the time. Really? What? Yeah, uh, how do you... When you're bottoming? Yeah. No one, oh. they all give me nuts. And I just pretend that they do a good job. But why can't uh. you jerk yourself off and make yourself come uh. while they're doing it? Yeah. Because there's not enough time. Because by by time they penetrate me, like my penis isn't erect. It's during the it's during the motion of the ocean. My penis becomes erect, and that's why oh, I get okay. excited Interesting. And, mm. and into it. And then while I'm into it, they already nutted. So it's like mm. guys are too fast. I hate that word, nutted. I didn't. Now I'm gonna use that, Jackie man. Nugget. I'll tell you this. <laughs> I have long believed that we're all responsible for our own orgasms. Exactly. If I don't come. It's not the other guy's fault, especially because I can just jerk myself off during sex at any time, you know? Right. Well, so yeah. and, and that's what gay guys do a lot of the time. And you start out having oral or anal, mm -hmm. but usually one or the other ends up bringing himself to to ejaculation. So right. I just feel like if I don't make you come, I'm sorry, but that's not my fault. Like You make <laughs> yourself come and I'm going to try to make you feel good. Yeah. I'm going to do as much as I can. But if you're one of those guys, listen, there are guys where you can blow them and blow them and blow them and blow them and they still don't come. That's on you. Yeah, there's something, isn't that, is that, is that considered something wrong or? It's just annoying. You can make me come. If you suck my dick with any skill, 
Mm-hmm. Even okay. the slightest bit of skill. So, I like, I got a chance here? Is that what you're Joanne, saying? <laughs> let, I'm going to pull down my pants. The skill's not really uh, probably up to par. I will come in within three minutes. Okay. I can hold out longer three if you minutes. want me to. I have to blow you for three minutes? <laughs> you do. <laughs> oh, God. It's not, you know what, Joanne? It's easy to blow me because it's not that big. Oh, it's not going right. to gag Good. you. It's. Good. I think I've Good. been told I have a nice penis for sucking. Actually. Oh so. well, I'm I'm glad to to hear that. Next time you're and on, we're going to try this. So okay, you have, you have dense breasts. <laughs> well, here's a story that will make you climax, Joanne. Oh yay! You know Milo that Yiannopoulos, was how, that's right? That's what I say when I come. Oh yay! <laughs> oh <Sorry>. yay! <laughs> Thank you. Was it good for you? <laughs> oh yay! You know who Milo Yiannopoulos uh, is? Oh yeah. That right-wing troll who's like Fucker. racist and anti-trans and just a mm. generally despicable person. Shit. Well, he has been banned from Australia. Yeah. <laughs> An entire country that has banned awesome. him. Uh, he's large. originally a British national. The Australian Department of Home Affairs. Homo Affairs? Not <laughs> yes, they have Sorry. their own governmental organization just for gay people, and they call it, <laughs> and they call it the Homo Department Affairs. of Homo Affairs. Uh, the Department of Home Affairs has denied a travel visa to Milo and forbidden him from ever setting foot on their shores. That's great. Uh, immigration officials recently sent Yiannopoulos a, a letter stating that the country can ban people from entering if they'd, quote, incite discord in the Australian community or in a segment of that community. Wow. In 2017, Milo spoke at Parliament House in, uh, in the city of Canberra. And during that visit, several protesters were arrested after clashing with police and fans of his outside uh, of, of that event and other events. Um, Milo has a month to appeal this decision, but it seems unlikely that it'll be overturned. Uh, he's had a really rough couple of years, and I could not be happier about that. Right. In 2016, he got booted from Twitter. In February of 2017, uh, he basically his finances fell apart. His publisher canceled his book, calling right. it poorly written trash. Mm-hmm. In December 2018, we learned that his company is more than $2 million in debt. And so then he set himself up on Patreon or Patreon, the crowdsourcing oh, website. Right, yeah. And they mm-hmm. banned him as well. Nice. For a while, he was reduced to selling useless nutritional supplements. Oh. <laughs> uh, on the, on Infowars, which is that horrible Alex Jones conspiracy oh. theory oh. site. So... Here's the thing about him. How much of what he says do you think he believes and how much of it is for, you know, to get ratings, to get So this is the question I have about him, about Ann Coulter. Oh, God, that's shrill. About, um, who's the one, Michelle Malkin. There's a lot of Mm. right-wing pundits that I question whether they believe their own bullshit or whether it's just a money-making operation. And if it is, that makes me hate them even more. Because That's it's true. one thing if you actually believe this shit, right? right. You're wrong, mm-hmm. but at least you're you're being honest. You're being intellectually right. honest. If you know that you're inciting hatred and racism and possibly violence, and right. you're doing it to make money, you're right. you're going straight to hell. Right. It's if if you're just blatantly stupid enough to believe that stuff then you're it, you're just guilty of being really stupid but if it's just no moral no game, moral center yeah and i feel like with someone like ann coulter and with milo i mean they're both highly intelligent people i think i think they know better i can't imagine yeah. they believe everything they say i i definitely think he's got some you know he he pushes the envelope for for reasons obviously well speaking of hate groups mm-hmm. and hateful individuals um do you remember Danica Rome? You know who that is? Yes. Wonderful. She, she is the... Amazing. Uh, she's Virginia's first and only trans delegate. Uh, they call their, their house... Um, what do you call them? Their state representatives delegates. It's the House of Delegates. Mm-hmm. Um, she beat an anti-gay, anti-trans mm-hmm. candidate in a district where no one thought she could. And she's yeah. just pretty remarkable. So the Westboro Baptist Church, remember them? Oh, yeah. These are the people that picket funerals. Yep, they picketed Phelps. Matthew Shepard's funeral. Right, Fred Phelps. Yeah, Fred Phelps He's and his dead, disgusting family. Mm-hmm. Um, they issued a statement on February 23rd, which was my birthday, detailing their plans to demonstrate against Danica Rome, who they described as an enemy of God, <laughs> outside mm-hmm. the Virginia State Capitol and then also near uh, Virginia Commonwealth University. They were going to do this on March 11th. Um, because we're doing these shows out of order, it may have already happened. I don't, you'll have oh, to check and see if it right. actually happened when you hear this show. But anyway, 
Danica Rome decided, well, fuck them. I'm going to use this as a way to raise money for myself and my campaign. <laughs> so she tweeted, LGBTQ candidates, people routinely attack us because of who we are. This is how we fight back. And this is how we win. So she started a fundraising campaign called Westboro Backfire, hashtag Westboro Backfire, and it's raised more than $26,000 as of the time this article was written. Um, Amazing. And she's been spreading it across all her social media channels. Donations have come from more than 700 people across 44 of the 50 U.S. states. Wow. In one of her latest posts, Rome wrote, we saw WBC's hate and nearly 700 of you offered more than $25,000 in just four days. This is how we fight back. That is awesome. She's amazing. It's such a great strategy. It is. It's beautiful. Use them yep. mm -hmm. to raise money for us. That's exactly what we need. And fuck them. Absolutely. Meanwhile, uh, there was a, a guy named Seth Owen who made headlines a while back after his... He was the valedictorian of his high school class, and then he got kicked out of his parents or got kicked out of his parents home when they found out that he was gay. Mm. They decided not to pay for his college and they said, get out. That's great. Here's this great kid, valedictorian, you know, any, any would be any parents pride and joy, but these homophobic assholes <sighs> wouldn't pay for him. Well, there's good news. He was just hired by a, uh, a U.S. Congresswoman, Stephanie Murphy chose 18 year old Owen to join her staff uh, from January of this year through the end of, of the semester um, as a congressional intern. Wow, that is amazing. How, uh, where is he from again? He is originally from... Oh, Joanne, you always ask me the tough questions. <laughs> oh, thank you. Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, of course. okay. There you go. Explains <laughs> it. He also received a full scholarship to Georgetown shortly after oh. he was kicked out yes, and, and cut off. So... <laughs> Fuck his parents. Yeah, really. Uh, he's famous now and going to be like a very successful person. And sell them. <laughs> um, he's also done things to help others using a $25,000 donation from Ellen DeGeneres, oh, Joanne's right. doppelganger. <laughs> I almost said nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> Joanne's nemesis. Um, Owen began his own scholarship fund designed to help students from marginalized communities attend college. That is fabulous. Isn't that a feel-good story? Oh, it's so nice when people do such great things yeah and also adversity. it's great when when we hear about these stories and mm -hmm. and and uh people actually reach out and help yes and danica roan is uh so awesome through the whole um we've moved on from that so. oh i'm sorry whoopsie <laughs> well i was just going back with just kidding well, <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> okay i like to do callbacks this show only moves forward <laughs> we're talking about uh daylight saving time seth owen oh, okay and daylight saving time which mm -hmm. By the time this airs, will have already happened two weeks oh, ago. God, so it's even farther in the future. I, it's very confusing Holy doing this crap. show. I never know where, where I am, me too. who I am, mm. what I'm about, whether I'm a top or a bottom. Three Wait, minutes. You don't know who you are? I thought you were Adam Sank. Who am I? All I know is I got three minutes to blow you. Who am I really? <laughs> oh! that, that's what I sound like when I come. Nice. Well, here's more good news. Mm -hmm. I mean, mixed news, let's say. The good news is... Um, well, let me ask those people in this room. Who here uses Cottonelle toilet tissue? I use Scott's. I trust Scott's for years. I find Scott's to be a little rough on my poop shoot. Joanne? My wife buys the toilet paper. You don't even know what brand <laughs> it is? No. <laughs> don't you ever unwrap it? Because I, no, well, no, because I, I've bought it before and I've clearly I've brought, bought the wrong stuff, she's told me. Well, You're really the man in this relationship, aren't you? <laughs> I take out the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, then you could be my boyfriend, I'll well, tell you Well, there you go. I live for that. Well, Cottonelle did something wonderful and we should only all be buying Cottonelle. Okay. They created a commercial depicting a gay couple. Oh, just a 15 paper? second spot. It's it's only set to I couldn't play it because it's just music. Oh. It's like a visual mm -hmm. bit, as we Which would say. Which is ironic that it's about toilet paper and it's all visual. Well, because you, you don't want to hear people <laughs> shitting and or watch people wiping the toilet. Um, it, it shows an anxious looking man sitting on a chair as he waits to meet his boyfriend's parents. He gives the camera a worried look before the voiceover encourages him to, quote, give his booty a confidence boost and become the guy he takes home to mother. 
It even features a tongue-in-cheek image of a peach sparkling because it's presumably so fresh. So (laughs) it's always exciting to me when I see a commercial that shows a gay couple Mm. or, by the way, an interracial couple. I get very happy Mm. when I see that for some reason. I do, too. Because I know it's pissing off. Yes, it's somebody out there. Everyone who voted for Donald Trump. I am never going to do this. Well, so that's what happened. Uh, There is now a boycott against Cottonelle. Of course. By right-wing assholes. (laughs) All right. I think we've heard that enough. (laughs) Thank you, JP. That was for the right-wing assholes. They can go down the toilet. Yes. Oh, perfect. Um, So some some people were not happy at all. They were threatening a boycott. Um, One conservative user, don't say conservative, just say gay-hating user on Twitter tweeted, Quote, there's nothing gay, straight, or ethnic about toilet paper. (laughs) Cottonelle should stick to selling it and leave the social issues alone. (laughs) Diversity does not need product placement. Someone else said that that Cottonelle was trying to normalize homosexuality and labeled the ad disgusting (laughs) and nasty. I mean, it is kind of a disgusting ad. I don't don't know why you want your ass to be clean to meet your... your (laughs) Yeah. Your boyfriend's parents. First of all, if you're pooping bef- right before your boyfriend's parents, your booty's not even clean. You can't even have sex. So I, I don't know what you're I thinking. thought you were going to say he was he was sitting on a toilet. Oh, whoops. Pardon me. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I, I agree. I think you should probably take a shit before you leave to yeah. go see your boyfriend's parents and then shower. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But, but if your ass is dirty, time. I don't see how they're going to know. It's not like they're getting down and sniffing your ass while you're... That's your boyfriend true. might know your ass is yeah, dirty. Yeah, maybe later. Their, their, his parents won't. Because we don't know. I'm so glad we talk about the important issues on this mm-hmm. show. <laughs> I'm going to go tell my wife to Toilet buy Cottonelle. It's important. <laughs> anyway, Cottonelle replied to the backlash uh, saying... Um, they replied or two-plied? They t- <laughs> hey, now! <laughs> this is why Joanne makes the big bucks. Come on, how can you not see this woman's live show? Uh... They replied, (laughs) being clean impacts everyone, and it's an important step to feeling your best. Here at Cottonelle Brand, diversity is embraced in all aspects, and we are proud to share a commercial that is representative of that. But thank you for reaching out. (laughs) Yes, queen. Reaching around. I, and I like when companies stick to their guns. You yes. Know, when JCPenney made Ellen its spokesperson, this mm. group called A Thousand Moms <laughs> yes. or A Million Moms, million moms was going to boycott like JCPenney. Like, nothing ever comes of these boycotts. Uh-huh. No. Because it's like five people. No. Make, it, it's like the Catholic League. Have you ever heard of them? No. Oh, the God. Catholic League is a, supposedly this big group in New York that wow. anytime there's something anti-Catholic, which includes, by the way, a news story about how priests keep fucking children. Oh, the Catholic League comes out and says, you're being anti-Catholic. The Catholic League consists of one man. <laughs> Literally. He's one guy with a typewriter. And oh. he's the only one. His name's William Donahue. He's the only one ever quoted when the Catholic League puts out a statement <laughs> or decides to boycott. And, you know, and he's like a homophobic, crotchety old right-wing yeah. conservative asshole. Yeah. There's, there's, these groups are so poorly organized. Yeah. So bravo, Cottonelle. Yay. I follow them now on Twitter. Uh, good. Good for you. Did you just follow them? <laughs> yeah, because I saw this. I was like, good yeah. For, see, this show makes a difference. Now, mm-hmm. I will confess that I usually buy something called Panda, oh. which is like the ghetto Cottonelle. Oh. It's the softest Cottonelle, but it costs like a fraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I buy it at my local bodega. Oh, okay. But well, going forward, I'm going to try to make an effort to buy Cottonelle. Good for you. Moving on to a totally unrelated story. Uh, Has anyone in this room besides me ever tried the party drug ketamine? Special K. No. No, you know, ganja girl here. Don't do any of the drugs. Uh, But you do a lot of that. I do. Mm -hmm. I do. Yes, I do. (laughs) Joanne? I have not. I am not. I've had the cereal. I have done it. Have you? Back in the late 90s, early O's, I was part of a uh, a party crew, a, a bunch of 20 something and 30 something boys Mm. who you know we went out every weekend to the big mega clubs that no longer exist in new york like Mm -hmm. roxy and twilo and uh, sound factory and we would do a bunch of different drugs and for a while what we would do is we would take ecstasy and then when the x when your x started to wear off when you started to come down and you were on the dance floor and you wanted to keep Mm -hmm. dancing you would do a bump of k okay it looks like cocaine it's a white powder you do it out of a bullet did you ever see that movie um, 
that have Zach Braff was in it actually as a gay guy. Yes, it was, yes. It just made me think of is were they doing? It was called the K? Broken Hearts Club. Yes, yes, right. yes. That's one of the only movies that actually shows gay guys using K. Right. Okay. It was really it was. big. Everyone had K, yeah. and what was fun about K was that you had to make it yourself. Mm. Because wow. it would be stolen from, it was a veterinary drug. It was used to do surgery on animals. And they sometimes would use it on children who weren't able to, to tolerate anesthesia. Because what it does is it puts you in a very dreamlike state. Mm. And so children would be given ketamine during surgery and then they wouldn't remember the surgery. Anyway, so you'd get this liquid vial, this little glass bottle of ketamine. You would pour it into a Pyrex dish and put it in the oven for like th at like 300 degrees and you would bake it for about a half hour and then it would crystallize. You would take it out, you would chop it up and put it into your bullet, which would measure out exactly one hit. And then you mm. would bring that with you to the club and you'd always like, yes. let me see the bullet. Let me see the bullet. Let me do a bump. Let me do a bump. Okay. Mm. And it would just, it would just pick your ecstasy right back up. And it would create kind of this dreamy euphoria. It was not a fun drug for me to use on its own. Okay, I was going to say, can you use it on its own? Or a lot of people did, okay. but never drink with it. It makes you mm. violently ill. Oh. Anyway, the reason I'm bringing all this up is because the Food and Drug Administration has just approved a, a big pharma variation of ketamine mm. uh, for the treatment of depression. Wow. Okay. Apparently, psychiatrists have been prescribing ketamine off-label for years as a last-ditch effort to treat those people who suffer depression and don't respond to any other antidepressants or treatments. Wow. Um, but it was off-label, meaning they weren't supposed to be doing that. They just kind of were trying it on their own. Um, the FDA then uh, voted 14 to 2 to make esketamine, it's called, oh. esketamine, legal. Uh, and allow it to be prescribed for the treatment of, of difficult-to-treat mm. depression. So is it like the way you used it to bump up your ex? Like, does it bump up the antidepressants? Or It's a really it good question. I don't, I don't understand how it could possibly work for depression because, it, as I said, when you use it by itself, it just puts you into this kind of a trance. Right. It's, but you said it bumps up the X. But so. only that was only true with ecstasy, though. Oh, doesn't bump up. Now maybe else. if you're if you have clinical depression, it it works the same as mm -hmm. if you were. But but it seems right. to me you, ecstasy would be such a better drug to treat people who had depression because that made you feel fantastic. Yeah, but that's like a little bit much, though. How, how, you know. Who's going to go to work at their nine to five job and be like, I'm kind of depressed. That's what I'm Let saying. Let me take some I'm, X. Holy shit. Let's fuck or, or in the bathroom. Or K. I mean, K. <laughs> listen, I could go to work on, on X before I could go to work on K. K mm. is really not a drug that makes you functional. And if you do too much of it, we would go into what's called a K hole. Oh. Where you. That's what a K hole is. That's what a K hole is. And you would. It's so hard to explain a K hole. It's the worst I feeling. In the, so you know what it is? Things. You see the movie Get Out? Yes. The K hole is the sunken place. Oh, God. Why would you want to do that? It, it was so unpleasant and scary. Oh. And, and the only thing I would do is I would just wait for it to be over because I knew it was going to be over. The effects of K only last about 20 or 30 minutes. Oh, okay. So I would just be like, oh, fuck, I'm in a K-hole. And I would say to my okay. friends, like, I'm in a K-hole, you guys. And they would walk me over to the side of the dance floor and just kind of put me down. And they'd sit with me until I felt better. Wow. And during that time, it was like you were awake but asleep. Oy. That sounds yeah. horrible. Yeah, it was bad. Anyway, a lot of people are criticizing the FDA for this and saying there's n no evidence that this is effective. Um, some people think it's not really an antidepressant. It just triggers a feeling of euphoria. But my feeling mm. is if you if you struggle with depression, right. you should be allowed to try whatever works for you. Right, exactly. I mean, it's the same with, you know, legalizing marijuana um, for things, you know, for whatever it's Absolutely. used for. It, whatever works. You know, some I mean, people now take... Some people are now taking micro doses of LSD to treat depression. And there's been wow. some really interesting research about that being effective. Jeez. There are people who get electroconvulsive therapy uh. like they did in the old days, but in, but in a much more controlled setting. And that is effective. Whatever makes yeah. you feel better right. that, that your doctor tells you to try, yeah. try. That electroshock thing. 
Sounds kind of scary, though. It's scary, but it does work on people who are so severely depressed. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, Katie Dukakis, Michael Dukakis' wife, oh. was on 60 Minutes talking about how ECT basically saved her life. Wow, really? That she just walked that. around for decades wanting to die all the time. Could it be because she was married to Michael Dukakis? Um, that Sorry. is some shade. <laughs> shade. That is shade. Michael Dukakis is a great guy who should have been president. Well... That would have been an interesting. Uh, uh, well, she was a severe alcoholic history. at that time. Oh, really? She, wow. Kitty Dukakis. I mean, most of my listeners probably have no idea her. who the fuck this is. Yeah, I'm I know. very old. <laughs> Michael Dukakis was the governor of Massachusetts, and he ran against uh, the first George H.W. Bush, right. Pappy, or whatever the fuck they called him, Poppy, <laughs> um, in '88. Uh, right, right. <clears throat> and he was a short Greek man who mm-hmm. didn't strike a very commanding figure Big and, eyebrows. and made a mistake of riding in a tank oh. at one of his campaign stops to make himself look more macho and he was <laughs> roundly mocked for that mm-hmm. and his wife kitty was a was a terrible um not terrible was it was a desperate alcoholic mm-hmm. who um after he lost the election famously drank i think it was rubbing alcohol oh geez i don't remember yeah. hearing that she she really struggled for years but she's she says she's better now, and it's because of ECT. Hmm. Anyway, we just took a long tangent. Sorry. Um, no, it's not your fault. It's, I'm the one. I'm the one running the show here, Joanne. <laughs> uh oh, our guest is texting me, and I don't like the fact that he's not here. Let's Uh-oh. see. Uh oh, Dios mío. Uh-oh. Yeah, there's train problems. Okay. Well, I got plenty to talk about. You know yeah. me, Joanne. Yeah, we got three extra minutes. So I oh, can blow you. Oh, <laughs> 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 you are good at callbacks. <laughs> That's my life. That's thing. <laughs> well, here's a story that'll warm everyone's heart. Oh, good. Um, you know these college mascots? Oh, yeah. The people course. that dress up in those outfits. With the big and, heads of monsters. Yeah, and, and they prance around. Well, and yeah, animals. They're often um, animals. Sometimes they're mm-hmm. Vikings or, right. or they're racist depictions. Yeah, of exactly. They're ethnic inappropriate. <laughs> well, a school mascot just came out publicly as gay uh, at a college. Oh. And the reason why it was significant is because the college was Brigham Young University. Ooh, wow. Brigham Young being the official university of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. the Mormons. Um, their mascot is Cosmo the Cougar, <laughs> not his real name. Cosmopolitan, is it short for <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because they drink so many of those Lots at of BYU. Cosmos. <laughs> uh, Cosmo the Cougar uh, from 2015 to 2018 was... I don't know. Do you say played by? Uh, okay. Was inhabited, <laughs> inhabited? By, by a guy named Charlie Bird. Mm. Charlie Bird wrote a an op-ed for the Desiree News out in, um, where are they, in, in Utah? Um, sounds reasonable. Anyway, he wrote, I kept the best part of my life a secret from everyone around <laughs> me by wearing a mask. He literally did wear a mask. Wow, yeah. Kind of funny. <laughs> when I was Cosmo, I felt invincible. And he, uh, he said that the, co- the costume shielded him from having to show Utah, his true correct. identity. Mm. Thank you, JB. Um, he went on to say, quote, there are many people like me who suffer in silence, struggling to reconcile complicated ideas with thoughts, feelings, and religious beliefs. There are many who feel misunderstood and heartbroken. We never know who around us might be wearing a mask. As scary mm. as it seemed once upon a time to dance in front of 60,000 people an even scarier thought often crept into my mind. If they knew who I really was, they would hate me. Uh-huh. So he's become kind of a superstar since yeah. his coming out. Uh, he performed he live hard at that school too. Well, he's done. Well, yeah, he, he was, he was only, he only was the mascot through 2018 and that's probably why he was finally able to come out. Nice. Uh, but he has since performed live on ESPN at the college football awards NBC Sports uh, dubbed him the year of uh, dubbed 2017 to 2018 the year of the mascot in honor of his viral influence. Oh. Um, actually, I think that happened before he came out. All that stuff. He he was like one of the more famous mascots. Yeah. Because of his dancing. Oh well, <laughs> he was a good dancer. Okay. So this is hugely important, and yeah, there's a lot of interesting things happening in the Mormon Church around LGBTQ issues. Mm. They have always been one of the most vehemently anti-gay yes. organizations. Um, but the young people, the young Mormons, 
who are, you know, ages zero to 30 mm-hmm. have really embraced LGBTQ people. Really? And they, I can second that. I have, I want to say two actually good friends, their brothers, well, gamers I you know, play with them for about two years now, and they're really good friends of mine, but they're uh, Jehovah's, uh, sorry, wrong ones. They are Mormons, wrong mm-hmm. twins, I was thinking, but they're Mormons. And we we talk about they ask me questions about my life and I'm very open and mm-hmm. I'm I, I like to I like to say educate people who want to be educated. Right, right. So I ask them questions about their religion and they seem to be more open about the idea of me as a gay man. Yeah, there's there's something really changing and it's forcing the church to rethink its policies and they've gotten a lot less vociferous, let's say. Oh. In their um, in their anti-gay teachings, they're still officially, you know, right. Make no mistake, you they still say if you act on your homosexual urges, right. you're, you're excommunicated. Out. Right. But I think that's going to change. One of the things about Mormons is they're highly educated. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not they're not idiots, and it's one of these religions where the the church organization itself the hierarchy mm-hmm. are a bunch of fucking assholes yeah. but the but the religious adherents themselves are are very often lovely people like mm. really lovely sweet good-natured like they they're not a hateful people so i think mm-hmm. that it's just natural that over time they're starting to wrap their arms around us that's nice well then they should change uh, the mascot the BYU to the BYU gay cougars Oh, there you go. See? The Googers. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, congratulations to Charlie Bird. And, uh, you know, I love when people come out. Yes. Even Cougars. Some guys who aren't coming out, Joanne. <laughs> okay. Are straight men who are joining all male jerk off clubs. Mm. Oh. GQ magazine recently explained that more and more straight guys are seeking out these kinds of clubs as a way to anonymously bond with other men and explore their bodies and sexualities without cheating on their wives and girlfriends or being too gay. Being too gay? <laughs> or gay at all. Yeah. An annual survey conducted by Seattle's Rain City Jacks, which is one of these jerk-off clubs, concluded that roughly 10% of its approximately 300 members self-identify as heterosexual. identify as bi. Hmm. An informal study of (laughs) baitworld.com, which I advise you not to check out, Joanne. Okay, fair um, enough. Estimate that 15 to 30% of its users identify as straight. Wow. Baitworld, by the way, is described as Facebook for masturbators. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. (laughs) Otherwise known as Facebook. Facebaters. <laughs> Pretty sure everyone on regular Facebook <laughs> masturbates too, but they don't do oh, yeah. it together. No, it's not a joint effort. Um, you know, <laughs> how do you feel about this, Jordan? I am, to be honest, I don't know how you can, um, I don't know, I would be uh, questioning if I was being jerked off by another man. Uh, and then <laughs> screaming, I'm straight, I'm straight, I'm straight. I feel like we had this conversation before. I think they're still gay. Like they are so any, gay. Any, any contact with a man, any yeah. sexual contact with a man makes you gay. Yeah. I think that's very old-fashioned, JB. I think uh, there is a... old-fashioned girl. I, mm-hmm. I think there's a spectrum of sexuality, just like okay. there's a spectrum right. of gender. And I think um, there are probably men mm-hmm. out there who, who have a strong preference for women, mm-hmm. but like, you know, there's a part of them that gets a little turned on by jerking off their friend or, or jerking off with mm. their friend. Right. Certainly okay. teenage boys do this all the time because they did it with me. Oh, wow. When I was a teenage boy. Let's make, okay, let's that make is that clear. Uh, very, thank you when for saying When I was that. a teenage boy, <laughs> other teenage boys jerked off with me. Lovely. And me. Oh. And see? I blew okay. them. Oh. And some of them blew me. This. <laughs> for three minutes. Those and were then the days. Yeah. For exactly <laughs> for three, three minutes. No, in minutes. those days, it was like three seconds. Wow. Really? It was oh. like <laughs> stroke, stroke, Ooh. squirt. All right. On that note, our guest has finally <laughs> arrived. And what better segue? Our guest today 
is an old, old, old friend of mine and one of the cutest gingers I know. He is a theater and pop culture correspondent for a, a, a number of different media outlets and an all-around theater queen. He's here to give us a Broadway <laughs> preview for the spring season. Please give a warm-ass welcome to Ken Kleiber. Well, hello. Hello. How are you doing? Hi. So nice Ken, how dare you be late to, to my you. podcast? Did you not get my texts? I did, but I can't mm-hmm. respond when oh, I'm literally okay. on the air talking yeah, to Joanne. My Joanne goal Pyle. was to get mm-hmm. here at 12.15. Mm-hmm. So what if I would have actually tried to get here at 12.35? What would have happened? I'd be here tomorrow. So, But, yeah, you know, I live up in lower Canada, so. Uh, that is true. Well, I'm wow. glad you're here. But I'm here. Uh, we're going to get right down to business. Yeah, well, it's not like bullshit. you were getting down to business before I walked in. With the jerk-off clubs. Uh, yeah. what do you, let me ask you quickly. What do you think about uh, straight guys who want to jerk off with other guys? Are they really straight? Yeah, why not? I mean, mm-hmm. if, if, if I messed around with the girl, does that make me straight? Ah. Does it? Good true. point. And I, I have. You, Adam, and am I straight? I be straight. That's right. Yeah. I mean, but you would be even minutes. more gay afterwards. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you have your moments. Three minutes. You have your moments. Ken, you just got back from London. I did. Where you were, dis- where you were, you were discovered, you were found interviewing Dolly Parton. <laughs> oh. Again, yes. What the hell were both you and Dolly Parton doing in London? Well, Dolly was there, as was I, for the West End premiere of the 9 to 5 musical. Ooh. Yeah, so it was in L.A., you know, then it was in Broadway, then it had a tour that started in Nashville, then it had a Euro, uh, well, I guess a European tour, a British tour, and then now it's on the West End. And just like, it's crazy, like rave, like pretty much rave reviews, like five-star reviews and a couple of four-stars, mostly three, um, which is different than Broadway because it got kind of a mixed reception here. But it's also about 80% different than Broadway. It is so different, I almost don't recognize Oh, they rewrote the show? The show? Oh, oh, it's just, it's so camp. It's so over That's the top. That's how it should have been. It's so yeah. silly. Uh, it's almost panto, as they call it. They do like these panto Christmas shows in England, which people are used to. They're very, very silly shows that are geared towards children. And that's what <laughs> 9 to 5 kind of feels like now. So what does Dolly have to say to you? <laughs> um, well, it was funny. Uh, she, you know, I've interviewed her a, a couple of times. I've interviewed her a few times. But, you know, she meets a thousand people a day, probably. Sure. So you never think they're going to remember you. But she's coming down the line uh, mm-hmm. for the red carpet at first. The only press she was going to do is the red carpet. And they told everybody, okay, now three crews at a time. Aim your cameras because she can only do three crews at a time. One person from each one person total out of the three crews can ask one question. What a great way to have all your press friends yeah. next to you like all get along. So I was going to be one of the three, whatever, and she's doing her thing, and she walks by, and she stops, and she goes, Hey, what are you doing here? What are you doing in London? Oh, Da-da. she remembers <laughs> So there was like some connection. You know, it's always the red hair thing with her and me. And then she kind of... Yeah, Ken is sort of... Uh, uh, you, you pop out. I do. You're hard to miss. Well, and everybody in London sees me and they think, oh, it's just another ginger. But then I start speaking (laughs) and I'm like this unicorn because I'm American, you know. (laughs) And so in any case, but then she kind of gave her press people this nod and she gave me a one on one. And then everybody wanted to kill me. But (laughs) they had to rearrange their cameras. But it was fun. So yay, Dolly. But um, did you did you uh, sneak a look at her enormous breasts as you were interviewing her? You can't help it. They're there. She puts them out. But uh, no, she's great. I love Dolly Parton so much. She's like maybe one of my top five favorite people in entertainment. And she's even better than you think she's going to be like you already imagine she's going to be great but she goes beyond it's always like did you get what you need is everything good she's just a lovely Uh lovely human being all right so let's talk about what's going on in this country Uh because the broadway season is upon us (laughs) and um uh, once again i feel like i'm that my mic is quieter than everybody else's but i'm maybe i'm imagining i have a booming voice adam no it's just this (laughs) weird thing lately where when we have a guest suddenly like the guest gets louder than me but it's not you you're not doing anything (laughs) um Ken, yes, sir. The show that I'm most excited about is Tootsie. <gasps> yeah, oh. me too. Probably. It was my favorite movie. I know. I love okay. that movie. And uh, tell me about the buzz. What are they doing with it? What's happening? When does it open? Well, you know, it already uh, had its tryout in Chicago, mm-hmm. and it got mm-hmm. great buzz, and it got great reviews, and it seemed like it was pretty much ready to go. You know, usually they they'll tinker after the out of town tryouts, but I hear it's kind of just going to stay how it is because it, it, it's that good. Uh, it starts its previews. I wrote this out March 29th. 
So in April sometimes, just about everything is opening in April. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. everything big is in April. But uh, yeah, it gets out there March 29th, and it's got Santino Fontana. You know who that is? Yes. Okay, Broadway actor. He did... You know, he's done stuff like Cinderella, but he's also done Brighton Beach Memoirs. He's done all Ooh. kinds of shows. He's so good. He's on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the TV show, for oh, several yeah. seasons. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's always good, and he's playing the titular role of Tootsie. Nice. I just wanted to say tit. Titular, tit. yeah. And uh, second time that came up in my segment already. First Dolly, mm. yeah. Tootsie. What's There's that? a theme. It's, yeah. It's my, my, um, my dense breasts. <laughs> <laughs> Taken over. <laughs> But um, yeah, everything about David uh, Yazbek wrote the score. Mm-hmm. He, you know, just won the Tony, I guess, last year for the band's visit. Yes, which was beautiful. Uh-huh. Which is a lovely show. And he did Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. To go from band's visit to Tootsie, that's like a well, he also wrote Dirty tonal shift. Yeah. You know, so he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's a funny guy. He's a really funny guy. So hopefully this is going to be a great score. And of course, uh, Julie Halston, you know who that is? The yes, actress? of course. She's in it. She plays the, I guess, the sort of the producer uh, character. So, so for oh, the okay. listeners who may not know julie halston aside from being um one of charles bush's longtime players he puts her in all of his plays mm. um mainstream audiences will remember her from sex in the city as bitsy von muffling oh okay who's engaged who's engaged to and then marries nathan lane's incredibly gay character <laughs> bobby fine yes um another so. movie classic movie that's being made into a musical and this one i think is already open is beetlejuice Beetlejuice, um, March 28th. Oh, I'm actually. wrong as always. No, the, the marquee is up. you probably <laughs> uh, seen the Yeah, marquee. I see it everywhere. But it already had its tryout in D.C. Uh, the buzz was not great. Yeah, so I'm not terribly like excited weird, for this. I love the movie, but I can't imagine it as, I don't know. A lot of the reviews said the highlight was when they did the Banana Boat song. Oh, right, and all that. right, They said right. that still retains the joy. And they said if the whole show had been like that, yeah. it'd be just killer. Because it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you know the guy who wrote the score is Eddie Perfect. Who the fuck is that? He wrote oh. the music to King Kong, oh. which was... No one's been saying good things about the music no, to really, King Kong. No, So we will see how this goes. Um, but it's directed by Alex Timbers, who has, is a terrific director. He did... Mm-hmm. God, what did he do? Uh, oh, he's got Moulin Rouge coming up, another one. We right? need to talk about that. Talk about that. Mm. But he did... I was not a fan, but people loved Peter and the Starcatcher. Yes. So to me, it was just a bunch of theater games for an hour and a half, and I couldn't wait to run out of the theater. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyway, he's he's, he's terrific, and uh, so hopefully this will be whipped into Broadway ready shape. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna wait on that and see if someone takes me for free. That's <laughs> Don't my, look at me when you say that. <laughs> Joanne, please, uh, you know you're on this oh, podcast. Hey, enough. it's pricey. Take to go me to Beetlejuice. It blow is you so. First. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's more likely. You know, Beetlejuice, it, I kind of feel about it the way I felt about the Addams Family musical, which I also didn't see. Oh. I don't know that like spooky <laughs> kooky makes for good Broadway, mm. except for Rocky mm. Horror Picture Show, which well, is yeah. its own thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Addams Family was funny. I saw that in Chicago before it came to Broadway, and then I mm. saw it here. And uh, there are all these things I really loved about it because it was really dark, and it worked in a really dark, funny, dark way. And then I ran into uh, the composer, Andrew Lippa, on the street one day. We had coffee, and they're putting up the marquee across the street. And I said to him, I'm like, oh, I really loved like that opening number where they introduced the family. And he's like, oh, we cut that. I'm like, oh, but I really love Morticia's song in the second act. He's like, oh, we replaced that. And well, much- and Jackie Hoffman had a song originally yeah. that oh, got cut. Yeah, and really? pretty much everything oh. I loved about it in Chicago, they cut because they were worried it was going to be too dark for audiences on Broadway. Well, you mentioned Moulin Rouge, and Uh this, other than Tootsie, this is the one I'm most excited about. Moulin Rouge, of course, the classic, I want to say, 90s film with um, Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman Mm -hmm. and John Leguizamo, and it it was such a, uh, it was a Baz Luhrmann film. It was 17 years ago the movie came out. Look at you, Ken Kleiber. He didn't even Google that shit. He just used his big red brain. Are you talking about the same Moulin Rouge with the song? Of with pink. Yes. Oh, I love that song. It's amazing. Lady Marmalade. It was a it was a (laughs) series of um of you know pop and rock songs that had been redone for the movie. Right. And it was just such a bizarre, colorful, crazy. 
I loved it. Romantic movie. I love that movie. So I hear great things about the show. Tell us about it. Me too. I, again, haven't seen this one. Tried out of town. It was in Cambridge, Massachusetts. People raved about it. They raved about the set. They raved about how the entire theater was made to look like you're in the Moulin Rouge. Mm. Every No detail was left unturned. It's supposed to be stunning and gorgeous on every level. Um, Aaron Tveit. Am I saying his name right? I think so. Yeah, T-V-I-E-T. Who knows? But he, A Jew. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he is, of course, has the most gorgeous voice, and he is gorgeous, and he's a good actor. He's playing the Ewan McGregor yeah. role. I just I hear think. that he's just a little milk toast. Everyone says he's like, I shouldn't oh. say this, but they say maybe he's a little bit of the weakling, only because he's really gorgeous and not much else. But I don't know. We will see. There is a video <sighs> of him singing Come What May, Keep I your Keep your mouth in front of that mic. Am I popping or not? Yeah. No, you're no. just kind of I'm, moving to the side so it's oh, like every yeah. other yeah. oh okay <laughs> really I've been told people only want to hear every other word from me anyway so <laughs> I think this is habit who plays the um, Nicole Kidman character uh, Karen Olivo I don't know her yeah well she's going to be in it <laughs> and they're, they're not Danny her. Burstein's in it as well we and, love Danny and Burstein. it is a jukebox musical in the way the movie was but in this case, it's different from the kind of jukebox musicals we're used to. Right. And this one, I mean, they just, if it's going to be anything like the movie, they're just going to grab all these pop songs, do a lot of medleys, throw them in. Mm-hmm. However, I hear they've also updated the score to include hits from the last 17 years as oh. well. Oh, well. So well, it's going to be a little different as well, maybe a little more up to date. Yeah. I'm so excited. That's really one of those movies where anytime it's on, I'll watch it. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Do you like it, Joanne? I do. I do enjoy it. I uh, I don't think I've seen it as much probably as you have, I'm assuming. The game men's, we yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about, if you would, Ken, the Alanis Morissette musical, Jagged oh, Little Pill. Jagged Little Pill, directed by Diane Paulus, who, oh. uh, yeah, she, do you know who that is? Uh, yeah. Okay. She's a big deal. She is a big deal. So uh, she did the Pippin that was here a couple years ago, right? Yes. And so she's directing this. This is based on the Glenn Ballard and Alanis Morissette album. Well, it's Alanis Morissette, but Glenn Ballard and Alanis wrote all the songs. Mm-hmm. As Jagged they Little have, Pill. Jagged Little Pill, mm-hmm. as they have for this show, but they've also written some new songs. So, um, And I actually wrote down, because I don't know what the hell it's about, and uh, it turns out that it is a multi-generational, multi-racial family drama grappling with a series of distressing events. Sounds oh, like, so it's not about Alanis. It's not, not like about, it's not like the Cher show. No, they've actually made it into a proper book musical using her music. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, know how this is going to okay. work. I'm curious, but there's no date set for it yet. They just said sometime in the fall. Hmm. So I guess when something dies, it'll move into that theater. This could be terrible, yeah. <laughs> but so, it could also be got, great. People seem to really like it. People really liked it out of town. Wow, they did. So um, we will see. You never know. Ken, there's a couple plays that uh, about which there is much buzz. One of them, and I, my mother just told me she and my father are coming in to see this. Uh-huh. It's called Hillary and Clinton. Ooh, oh yeah. Who, who do you think that's about? Well, um, I know who Hillary is. Who the hell's Clinton? I think it would be her husband. That would be Bill. That would be Bill. That guy. Yeah, Laurie Metcalf. Oh, I love her. And oh my God, is she she's sensational. Mm. And John Lithgow. Mm-hmm. Come on, great what? cast. That's uh, the cast. That's John them. Lithgow can do no wrong. Oh my God. And Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf could, they're both. Can do yeah. No, wrong. no, they're both yeah. brilliant. God, mm-hmm. did you did you get to see Dollhouse Two when it was no? On oh my God, she was fantastic. Uh, same writer as uh, Dollhouse Two. Is writing uh, wrote Hillary and Clinton, and uh, I I'm very excited because both of them they're they're yeah. they're thrilling on stage. And this one, they actually say that it takes place during Hillary's 2008 presidential bid, the first time she uh, ran against time. Barack Obama. And and I also wrote this down too. It's about marriage, gender roles, and the limitations of experience. Oh, hmm. so. I don't know, but and oh it's, my God, it's, a, it's kind of a fantasy, right? It's not based on any um, factual sources. Well, I know I think it is based on, on fact that they, they've then just opened up and guessed what happened oh. behind the mm-hmm. scenes. You know what I mean? The, to, the, the artistic license. But it is based, obviously, in the 2008. Is it, it a two-person play? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I want to mention two things about this. One, if, if anyone out there is not watching The Connors the oh, Roseanne yes. reboot minus Roseanne. You absolutely should because Laurie um, Metcalf is so good. She is. She's brilliant. And so is Sarah Gilbert, by the way. Yeah. That's yes. maybe the best to come on the TV whole, right now. When when she was uh, drunk at the old lunchbox. Oh, God. That b- broke my heart. <gasps> oh, yes. Heartbreaking scene. Mm-hmm. She's going to win an Emmy for that. Mm-hmm. But also, if, if, those, if you guys have not seen Primary Colors, 
What yes. a fantastic movie based on the, um, the 1992 election when Bill Clinton first became president and starring John Travolta mm -hmm. at his best as Bill Clinton and Emma Thompson as Hillary. Mm -hmm. They're fictionalized versions yeah. of them, but my God, that's a great movie. Yeah, really worth streaming. Ken, in the time remaining, it is time to play everyone's favorite game, Ask Me No Questions. Uh-oh. Ask me no questions. <laughs> Ask me no questions. Yeah. <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush? My celebrity crush? Jesus, I don't know. Who is, uh, Carol Channing. Oh, come on. What? I could say that a now. Famous, She's gone. A famous man. <laughs> a famous man. You would man. wish that you could have if you were single, which you're not. A famous man. I, I, I don't, I, this, I'm bad at this game already. I have. I don't think I have. A Are you into crush. Brad Pitt? Are no. you into John Lithgow? No. John Lithgow. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Um, you're asexual. Yeah. No. Dead. Dead inside. Dead inside. Oh, Mark nice. Wahlberg. Yeah. No. Channing Tatum. Who? Who's my? Who's my Carol celebrity Channing crush? Tatum. I, I, Carol Channing Tatum. This week it's Tom. Tom <laughs> That's uh, my new drag day. Yeah. Carol. Tatum. Carol I, yeah. It's like Carol Channing comes in and strips. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I don't so have far, this Adam game is Sank. going well. I Thank think you. Adam Sank is probably my celebrity crush. Right. Oh. Yeah, That's very sweet and also a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, best Broadway musical of all time. Of all time? Yes. You mean best or favorite? You know, no one else mm. has problems with these Come questions. Come on, because Ken. my favorite musical of all time is crazy for you. But is it the best? No, but it's my favorite. <laughs> okay. I'll say, but I think probably Gypsy is probably the best musical of all time. All right, I'll accept that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number three, the strangest place you've ever had sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, Strangest place. Bathrooms aren't really strange anymore, are sure, they? Sure, to some yes. people. Joanne, have you ever had sex in the bathroom? Are they? Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. In a theater, in a theater. A uh, Broadway theater? Uh, oh. No, in Chicago. A theater, a bathroom like in a Chicago. a movie theater? No, uh, oh, okay. uh, while a show was going on before oh. the intermission. Did you know the person? The I did. I wow. did. It was probably the last great experience I ever had in a bathroom. Yeah. Well, oh. that's a great story, but I'm sorry. The correct answer was in the butt. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that happened too. Um, wait, in what? The, in the bathroom? <laughs> You know, Adam, I was young. I was oh, innocent. Good for you, I didn't Ken. Know I didn't know better. you were so... See, I you should have been able to answer the celebrity it, crush question if you're this much of a It pig. ended at that moment. Mm -hmm. All right, okay. number four. F. Mary Kill. Ready? Oh. This is a Broadway version of F. Mary Kill, <laughs> so you should know all these people intimately. Oh, okay. Gavin Creel, Billy Porter, Tony Yazbek. Oh, come on. Who do you fuck? Who do you marry? Who do you kill? Well, Tony Yazbek. You're so funny. I don't. I don't want to kill any of them. Oh, shut up! I kill doubt. Grow oh, a pair. Come on! Kill. All right. So Gavin Creel. He's you know him and Billy. They're both cute, and Tony's cute in his own way. Oh God! I guess just to do this, Gavin Creel. I guess I would f Billy Porter. I would m and no Tony Asbeck. I'd uh, no. I don't want to kill Billy Porter. This is a hard game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I guess we're just. I, I'm sorry. You are a pussy. I'm no good you have to at fight this. Fight for your life. They'll I don't want to kill anybody. Well, let him kill me. You're I'm more of a breath. pussy than Joanne's actual pussy. What have I got to? <laughs> I know it's really no, sad. Okay, yeah. The answer is. You know what? Kill them all. You were you were kill. about How's to that? give the correct answer. The correct answer is fuck Gavin Creel, marry Billy Porter, kill Tony Asbeck. Tony Asbeck's annoying. Is he really? Let's be honest. Yes. Is he really? Too much with the tap dancing. <laughs> Enough. We get it. You can yeah. tap I love dance, Tony Yazbek. Actually, I might even switch this around. But anyway, yeah, there you go. But we all want to <laughs> fuck Gavin Krill. Let's be honest about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go on the, the record. No. <laughs> all three? <laughs> yeah. None of them. Kill, kill, kill. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but maybe right. I'm just in a bad Depends mood. Depends on the day of the week. I'll mix them up. Uh -huh. All right. Yeah. You're probably not going to be able to answer this one either. Okay, great. What's, a musical, a, what's a musical that you hate that everybody else loves? Come From Away? Oh, that Billy right. Elliot. Wow. Phantom of the Opera. Oh, look Les at this. Miz. Now the hate Miss comes Saigon. out. <gasps> Holy shit. Um, oh, was I supposed to just Hatred. give you one? No, I'm just... I'm just Shade. I'm indicating how much shade that you're dropping right now. That's a lot of musicals. It's very rare I hate a musical. I, my, I actually, I don't hate Les Mis. Um, I love the music. I just don't number, like it as a show. My number it's one a is Cats. Riot. Um, no, actually, I I, I think well, Cats is a steaming pile of shit. It it isn't like great, but what do you guys like? Wicked. I love Wicked. I love Wicked. Okay. I fucking love it, and I hate anyone who hates it. How I about love that? The musical oh I've no! Seen it. Oh, it's so good. Bitchiest yeah. celebrity you've ever had to deal with? Uh, initially, but we made up Cindy Lauper. 
Interesting. Yeah. Wow. yeah, she was awful. But she also was having a rough time. I read in her book a couple years later, the very day I was doing press with her, she was coming from her father's hospital bed where he was dying. Uh, Would you be in a good mood? Absolutely. Yeah. She gets a pass for She that. gets yeah. a pass. So mm-hmm. and we had a great interview after that. It was a great, yeah. great interview. Well, but that's the a first nice one, not so good. Mine I've said on the air before is Kate Jackson. Oh, oh no. I know you really Horrible killed person. my really? childhood. Joanne, what's, uh, what was yours? Um, the bit bitchiest celebrity. Oh, I don't know. I haven't. Um, you know what? Uh, I saw Al Lewis, uh, Grandpa, Grandpa Munster. What a dick! No, <laughs> he was really old, so yeah, maybe he that's probably he was probably that he probably no. walked around the corner and died. So well, finally, Ken, if your penis ask. were a comic book character, <laughs> which character would it be? <sighs> Kathy. I have I have an oh, answer for this, but I don't know why. I have an answer. Barney Google. Yeah, look it up. Who's there Barney you, Google? There you have it. That's a that's I'm going to make thing? you work. Barney Google with the Google googly eyes. I'm picturing your penis, which I've never seen, as being like Robin from Batman and Robin. <laughs> with a little cape. With Ooh. red and green and yellow? Yeah. Really? I don't know. I just You're see not Robin. actually off. Mm. But, think of it. <laughs> Ken, yeah. how can people follow you? Uh, they can go to thatskentertainment.com. <laughs> that's Kentertainment. Kentertainment. So entertainment with a K. Joanne, how can people follow you? Follow across the boards. It's joannefilan.com. J-O-A-N-N-E-F-I-L-A-N. And Upstream Comedy. Upstream Comedy, too. Right? I love both of you. Ken Kleiber, thank you so much. Come back again when Yay. we have more time with yeah. you. Joanne Filan, you're always welcome back. Thank you. JB, you have to be here every week. Love you, uh, JB. Yeah, ball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> next week, we are live. We are live again next week with co-host Ryan Frostig and Broadway diva Julia Murney. Hey, I love Julia Murney. Oh. Don't forget to follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram. 